Hello and welcome to another Parents at Work podcast, where we cover a range of topics for the working parent to thrive. All our podcasts aim to offer useful tips and practical examples that support you to successfully balance career, work and family. And we know it's not easy. If you have any questions, please send them to info at parentsatwork.com.au. Otherwise, enjoy the episode. Welcome to the last Parents at Work Teen Time Clinic podcast for 2019. These clinics are an opportunity to dip into a short Q&A session and ask a question for yourself that may help another parent going through a similar situation. This month's show is about self-care in parenting and I have had so many questions through the year on this topic about how to fit self-care into parenting when there are just so many other demands. In some of the groups that I've run, it sometimes feels uncomfortable to talk about. It feels ungrateful. It feels um, wrong to ask how you can put yourself in front of your children. Um, There are going to be things in life we can't have any control over, but we can be ready to be able to cope with all of those by making sure that we have nurtured and cared for ourselves and we can be ready for whatever comes our way. The recent results from the 2019 National Survey of Working Families was so interesting because not only did it talk about you know what the policies were in your school, but the, one of the key findings was that working parents reported that their most challenging issue is finding time to look after their own physical and mental health, followed by managing household chores and caring for family. Another one, two-thirds of working parents reported feeling too emotionally or physically drained when they got home from work to contribute to the families. That's huge, because if you think of the impact on your life of that and then you think of the impact on the child or the family's life from that and knowing that actually there are some things that you can do to change that approach that's what today's episode is going to be about i would have no doubt there isn't a parent listening to this podcast who would want to go home physically and emotionally drained So it may take a slightly different approach to see how we get the end result we do because clearly it isn't something that you're wanting to do. It's something that you're feeling is happening to you, that life is happening to you, that things out of your control are meaning that you can't look after yourself and you get home at the end of the day physically and emotionally drained. So... If I boil down all the questions that I've been um, asked about this, I would say that it comes down to how do I fit me into an already busy day? So I'd like to unpick that slightly. I'd like to try and change it around and try and talk about, you know, how we fit our day into the space we've created around ourselves. I totally get that adding anything to your day at this stage is not an option. If someone said to me a few years back, you know, um, well, you just have to, uh, you know, fit going into the gym into your day. You have to fit um, doing a meditation into your day. Have a bath at the end of the day. Go for a massage. I would have just 
thrown something at them, I think. I was so overwrought. I was so, um, so tense anyway, that it just, it actually wasn't helpful because the moment you don't do it, you feel like a failure again for not having put yourself first. So we need to be aware of all of these things that can run underneath so that what, how we start doing some things for ourselves and putting some, creating some space in our day is such a small way so that we get some small successes so that we can build on those successes. I'm hoping this it makes sense. We've got to find ways that we have small wins. So I'm going to share with you some of the small wins that I do with young people because I think it's really important that we walk this first so that we model that for any young people around us, children, babies, toddlers, teenagers, no matter the age. In fact, let's go grandparents because we can, we can sometimes role model for them as well. Now, if you think about the pressures you've got in your day, I actually think that you probably have similar pressures to your to your um, children a lot of the time. It's just different. It, it's the perception of what hard work is and what stress is. So again, the value of modeling this way of, of living is very important. Teenagers actually have a biological um, bent towards being selfish. Um, they have to learn not to be, but actually... I wonder if we need to reclaim a little bit of that for ourselves. So I'm actually, again, I'm not going to ask you to add anything into your day. What I'm going to suggest we do, and you do, is to focus on how you do what you do so that you become less pulled in different directions and more focused in the moment. It's called conscious presence. I'm sure that you have heard that a lot across many of the podcasts, but doing one thing at a time is far more healthy for your body than trying to do lots of things and then doing none of them efficiently. If you Google switch tasking, there is a, there are a couple of um, activities you can do just to see how inefficient um, switching between tasks is. Okay, so my focus will be on how to bring focus to what you do in the present moment. It's going to be a practice that is very simple to do, but it is going to ask you to be present in the moment. If you allow this in your day, if you allow the possibility that this is something that you would like to do and might have an outcome that you want, there is much more engagement by your body and your brain to do it. Please be aware of what comes in to distract you from these little things that you're going to do because if you pay attention to the little things that try and distract you, you are going to have the key to why you don't think that you have time to do it because we're going to work at the moment with busting this illusion of time and we're going to shift you into working in space. Time will always slip through your fingers. Time is something that, oh gosh, look, it's a man-made thing, really. Uh, Nature doesn't work to time. Nature works to a rhythm. It works in space. And so I'm going to again suggest that working in conscious presence in the moment and by being present in what you're doing is going to create space and actually put to one side this attachment to time. Let's start 
with going to the toilet, going to the bathroom. Everyone does it, right? Some stand, some sit. That's the only major difference as far as I can see. We all have a biological need to excrete what we consume and we have to consume to stay alive. So it seems to me that seeing as that is the thing that is a great leveler in all of our lives, no matter what level you are in your company or what position you hold in the home, we all go to the bathroom. So take a moment to consider if you actually allow yourself time to go to the loo during the day. If the answer is no, then I'm going to ask you to do step number one, which is to increase your water intake so that you fulfill the biological requirement to replenish and to feed your body. Um, I'm going to suggest the water more than the food because you die quicker from lack of water than you do from lack of food and you get sick from lack of water um, quicker than you do from lack of food. So water is what I'm going to ask you to increase if you don't give yourself space to go to the loo during the day. Um, I've had a few stories of women who decided to override it and got a, um, a kidney infection from not going to the bathroom. That's your body speaking very loudly to you and um, gets very blunt. So if you tend to forget to drink water because you get consumed by your work, then set alarms on your phone or reminders on your computer um, as a reminder to drink. This is about forward planning. Take a moment to just forward plan. Do you need a drink? Have you taken a moment? Um, you may think it's basic, but it's basic to, be, to need to drink water and it's basic to need to go to the loo. If you're not doing one of those two things, then you're not addressing the basic needs and you need to have basic reminders to remind you to do it. Remember, this is the level that we can work with our teenagers and our children to support them, not to assume that they know and we need to parent ourselves in this moment to not assume that we know. That way we don't think we're stupid or dumb. We think that we need some support and we support ourselves accordingly. When you get a reminder, of course, you can then smile at the space you've offered yourself because the more you can appreciate the little moments, the more you build those little moments in your day and the less need you have for those reminders. Each time you do that, you create that space rather than that attachment to time. It's really very simple and very clever. Now, don't just think that all you have to do is is drink water because the moment you you drink the water, your body's going to communicate when it needs to go to the loo. And you're not going to stop there and go, oh, just hold on. I'm just going to do one more thing. And the, the moment you feel your body need to go to the bathroom, you respond if you respond, your nervous system goes, ah, I can relax because this person is listening to the body and I don't need to speak any louder. Doesn't need to, to try and work hard to get you to pay attention. Walking to the bathroom or to the restroom, the toilet, whatever you call it, is part of the reconnecting for your body. So leave your desk and your work at your desk. It will all be there when you get back. Nothing is going to happen while you're away. And if it does, then it actually can be dealt with when you get back. This is your lifeline right now. You're going to stand up, put your chair in, leave your desk so that it's a nice one to come back to. You're only going to be gone for a moment or two. Walk without running, <laughs> unless you've left it too long. Walk to the bathroom, um, feeling your feet as you walk. 
feeling your shoulders as you walk. Try not to think about whose desk you're passing or if anyone's noticing that you're walking away or um, feel a bit of, you know, feel if your shoulders feel tight. Feel if you are um, gliding and, and as you stride. Um, just feel what your body feels like as you move. When you get to the bathroom, how do you open the door? Do you fling it open so that it smashes back? Um, is it lighter or is it heavier than you remember it? Be aware of all of those things. They're all things that bring you into your body and get you out of thinking about that next thing you've got to do in your head. And remember, we're practicing staying in the moment. This is all self-care. And as little as it sounds, for someone who's busy, this is the level you need to go to. Not adding anything in. You're going to do this already. So all you're going to do is bring conscious presence. As you go to the bathroom, as you go to a cubicle, as you stand there, whatever you do, perhaps for this, always use a cubicle. Do you slam the cubicle door open? Do you slam it closed? Do you slam the lock across? Think of every moment as how you're doing it. How noisy are you? Do you really need to be that noisy? Let's be gentle. What ripple effects are our movements having? Look, we know that there are sound waves. We know that when you slam a door, it has a ripple effect as a sound wave. But do we consider that the way we walk has a ripple effect in, as a sound wave that also comes back to us? And so in this confined space, what are our movements? What's coming back to us? Are we having to brace ourselves from, from noise from someone else? When you go and wash your hands, take a moment to look in your eyes. Just appreciate that you've given yourself this moment. Wash your hands. Dry your hands. Have you noticed that drying your hands in the hand dryer takes longer than the tissue to wipe your hands? That you can pull out, quickly rub, throw in the bin, run out the door. This time you've actually got to stand there. It's a nightmare. And sometimes you're more likely to wipe your hands on your clothes just because it's quicker. Don't do that. Take the time to put your hands in and just feel your hands going in and out. Feel what body parts need to move as you move your hands in and out of the dryer. If you took your phone into the bathroom, I'm going to suggest you don't do that the next time. Um, I've done this so many times. Take my phone in. It's an efficient way. I'm there. I can do this. I've got time and space. You ha that's just not honoring the, the space that you're giving yourself to go to the bathroom. So notice what you're doing to distract yourself. If you're on the case and you love yourself enough, you'll notice when you're banging doors and you'll go, ha, huh, something's telling me to slow down. I'm telling me to slow down. This is a path I've walked before. I've laid this foundation and now that foundation is saying, hey, you were more gentle the last time you came. You were more present the last time you came. Taking moments in the day away from your desk means you're more productive when you get back to your desk. Trust me, I have practiced this. I have investigated this. I've tested this. It's been an experiment I've done for many, many years now. I get a fresh perspective when I come back to my desk. I, when I walk back to my desk, I have much more of a swagger in my body. You know what? I've, I've um, relieved my bladder. I have more space and I, I walk with more. I walk with more swagger. That's all I can say. There's just, I glide. It's amazing. Observe it. Smile at it. 
um, have some fun with it. Life is way too serious. You get back to your desk and the problem that you left at your desk possibly doesn't feel that serious either. I always have a new perspective and I sit down and I'm more focused because I know I've given myself a moment. I've changed everything in my body from walking and I come back to my desk. I've got different a different body looking at the same issue and very often I will see a clearer way of doing it. To, so much so that now if I can't get something, if I don't understand something or if a project is difficult, I will go to the bathroom or I'll take a walk regardless of whether I need to go to the bathroom or not. The reaction to an issue, to any issue, drains your energy. The more space you can give in your day, there is less reaction. And the less reaction you have, the more space you have at the end of your day for you and your family. There's nothing extraordinary about that suggestion, just going to the bathroom. But what's on offer there is an opportunity to consider what you're doing with the finite amount of energy and resources that you have in your day, and also to refuel. If you think about it, you can refuel by having some caffeine. You can refuel by having some sugar. You can forcefully refuel your body, but your body has to work twice as hard with your finite amount of energy to be able to process those things in your body. So this way, you're just lifting up something that is completely natural to be able to give yourself space so that you might not need that fourth coffee in your day or that chocolate bar at four o'clock when we have that lull. Been there, done that, totally understand it. But what if all of those things are contributing to the exhaustion you feel at the end of the day and the fact that you don't have time or space or energy to offer you, the amazing you, to your family who have been looking forward to you coming home so much. They don't look forward to the bad mood coming home. They look forward to the person that has space to enjoy their company, um, space to ask about each other's day, space to have dinner, space to laugh, space to cook dinner, um, space to, to sit after dinner and eat rather than thinking about, oh, I wonder if I should quickly do that email or that message. You know, build a practice where you all say to each other, we need to, we need to give ourselves home time and we need to agree that if we need someone on the case after seven o'clock at night, then we know who that is and they are compensated accordingly, right? But not everybody should need to work till 10 o'clock at night. Home time is home time. And that's something that perhaps you need to, to agree with um, your your work colleagues. Home time starts for me, depending on what day it is, at 5.36 o'clock. After that, that's it. Like I don't have to do work if the things arrange and I, I can't, there is space to do work without actually um, impacting on that quality time together, then that's what I'll do. But otherwise, no, that time is time for connection. And if I can do it earlier, I will do it earlier because that is what they remember. My teens often tell me what they remember from when they were younger. And those moments of connection are what they remember. So don't forget, at some stage, you can expand that when you've got that toilet break down pat. Think about expanding that to um, how you start your day, how you get up, how you get dressed, how you choose your clothes. Same focus with how you go to bed at night. How you go to bed at night, by the way, is how you start your day. So if you start your day exhausted, end your day exhausted, 
you're going to start your day exhausted, just a little less exhausted. But the coffee that starts your day just numbs the fact that you started your day exhausted. It doesn't make the exhaustion go away, just numbs it a little bit. So build these moments. These are lifelines. This is self-care. And you will be the most extraordinarily different parent when you parent from lack of exhaustion. So that's it. I think that is just probably the most meaty episode. If you want to go back and listen to it, there is so much in those small things, not what you do, how you do what you do, not how much you do, but the quality that you do what you do in and understand the value that you have. What are the sound waves that giving off that you are giving off your body? If you're saying inside, if you're saying on the outside, I'm fine, I'm, I'm well, I have time for you. And on the inside, you're distracted and you're thinking about all the things you're not doing while you're sitting listening to that person. The sound wave you're giving off is I don't have time for you. And that's what the children receive. That's what your kids hear. That's what your teenagers hear. And that's what they learn is their normal. Now, no beating yourself up. I've done that many, many years. I've done that many times. I've done that. But the moment I clocked it and the moment I realized the impact that it was happening, that was that was coming from that, from there, I have been kind enough to myself to pay attention to it, to want it to be different and therefore to apply my resources and my energy and my focus and my dedication to wanting to give off different sound waves so that my kids know how much I adore them and how much how precious they are and that I am prepared to work at a pattern that I have that is not working for me it's making me ill um, and is also telling them that they're not worth my time which is not the impression and not what I wanted to tell them all forms of behavior including our own are forms of communication Teens are working with a brain that's rejigging to deal with the new requirements of upcoming independence. And they learn about complex relationships from us. So the, the reflections that we give them are the reflections that they learn to give off themselves. If we tell them that when you're exhausted, you just keep going, that's what they learn. If we tell them that, um, if we tell them through our movements, that when they're exhausted, they just deal with that by coffee, sugar, coping mechanisms, then that is what they will use. And then we sit there and think someone's got a poor diet or, you know, they might um, go to gaming that, you know, they're coping in a way that is entirely logical to them. But actually, have we mirrored that to them and therefore they've learned it from us. Love, love, love them to their bones and love yourself. Love yourself to that level. We cannot love another and treasure another more than we love and treasure ourselves because we won't know what love is or what treasuring is unless we feel that for ourselves. So the more we can do this simple thing like going to the bathroom, the more we say, oh my gosh, going to the bathroom has had just a, it's a totally different thing. I've never thought of it like that. How amazing, such a simple thing to do. And we bring a playfulness to it that then reflects to, to other people, perhaps in the office, perhaps at home. As I have said every time, it's always much easier to work on a health and balance model than trying to fix or address an issue once it's exploded. 
or once you're you, you're actually feeling quite ill. So honesty and getting support is the number one top tip for healthy relationships, for a healthy body, for self-care. Be honest with yourself. Bring that attention to yourself now um, in the small little ways that don't add anything else into your day. You're doing what you already need to do, but you're bringing more attention to how you do what you do. If there is trust between you and your body and love between you and your body and you're going to listen and you're going to be consistent, predictable and reliable, then imagine what impact that could have on what you do in your day. And I reckon you would be a much better employer, a much better employee and the most extraordinary parent. Thank you and I look forward to next time.